when you go into creation, who you are always wins. And if you're not creating from what you really actually want to create, if you're just following a path that other people have charted because it looks easy and you have the right resources to do it, who you are is eventually going to shine through and demand you to be whoever that is that is inside of you. And I think that's what inspired me to write this book. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. The time has arrived. We are with the one and only famous Ashley Stahl of Chapter 18 from The Audacity to Be Queen. You have read about her in the book, and now you get the chance to experience this just extraordinary supernova, so super smart, but completely so lovable and authentic in the flesh. Ashley Stahl, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. Oh, what an intro. I love you. I'm really excited to be a part of your show. And I know you're just motivating so many women and giving them so much with this. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you know, we are birds of a feather because you do the same with your TED Talks, with your new book that's coming out. We're going to get into that with the incredible business that you have. So, well, look at it's it's book launch week. So why don't we start with that? Tell us all about your brand new book, U-Turn. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people have these dreams. And I had the privilege of reaching a dream of mine early in my 20s and realizing that it wasn't all that I thought it was. And I think that the reason why we see so many celebrities like Britney Spears shaving her head off or, you know, all of that kind of stuff is because I think a lot of people spend a lot of years working towards a dream, thinking it's going to feel a certain way. And then they get there and they don't feel that feeling. And so in my case, I had studied national security because I had family who were impacted by 9-11. And in my younger 20s, I did everything I could to carve myself out for that career. I learned foreign languages, Arabic, Dari, French. I always had a knack for them and just kind of was like anybody else that didn't really know what to do with my career early on. And so I just followed what was interesting and ended up working in counterterrorism at the Pentagon. And when I was there... Just pause. By the way. Still hysterical to me. I know. It's a real doozy. (laughs) I ended up working in counterterrorism at the Pentagon at the age of... It was, I think I was like 23, 24, but then again, you were at the White House, Gina. So like, you're the one that you're the last one to be like, that's so weird. It's just silky. It is weird. Especially with the colorful sweater I'm wearing today. Came at me at the Pentagon in this, like a toucan in the snow. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right. So that wasn't... I'm having flashbacks of the book. I, I've had the privilege of having a sneak peek of the book. So y'all are going to love it because I'm remembering some of the stories <laughs> at the Pentagon that she tells the book, but keep going. Yeah. I, I ended up, you know, getting this incredible opportunity. I graduated from grad school during the recession. I studied Islamic extremism, couldn't get a job to save my life, ended up being an admin assistant and just really wanting to get that Pentagon or that national security job. And 
ended up contacting my university and saying, Hey, do you have a list of alumni who have graduated and moved to DC? Because DC is quite a one dimensional town. Like chances are, if you live there, you work in the government. So that would kind of eliminated my networking and made it pretty high quality. So they ended up sending me a list of 2000 names of recent graduates. And I ended up calling and emailing every single one over my early morning breakfast or my lunch break. And it took me about six months to work through it. And so that's why it's funny, Gina, because you always tell me, oh, you're you're good at people and connecting. And it's like, I wasn't, you know, like I went through a list of 2000 people. Can you imagine the amount of privacy that the DC people have? Like most of them are in intelligence or security. Their jobs lend themselves to an actual security clearance. They don't want my cold call. <laughs> So I fell on my face. I networked like crazy. I ended up leaving my admin job, making minimum wage, tripling my salary and getting into the government as a contractor. And I met this guy who just took a bet on me. He had a contracting firm. He was a really nice guy. And he said, Look, we have an executive role here. You're not an executive. But the, all of the people who have been in this role are sergeants from the military and they're delegating their way out of the job. And it's not that they're not responsible. They're just doing what they know how to do so well. And we need somebody who's going to do the job themselves. So I ended up taking that, tripling my salary, learning how to job hunt. And I, you know, everything I, I got out of job hunting really inspired me. And so that was what got me to start my business, uh, doing online courses, coaching people on their career on the side, and eventually doing that full time. And the U-Turn book is really my heart on the page, um, every single page, mm -hmm. with an 11-step roadmap to bring people home to who they truly are in their career. I wrote it for the person who, like I did, felt like something was missing at work. Maybe they worked really hard to get where they are. Maybe they own their own business and something doesn't feel like it's adding up and they don't know what that is. But one thing's for sure, when you don't have clarity, it costs you a lot of money because you spend your time in a in this graveyard sometimes of trial and error. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to create a book that culminated all of the work I've done, shared my story for my own healing and for other people's healing, and also gave them actionable steps. So it's an 11-step roadmap to figuring out who you are in your career, what your skills are, and all of it. Oh, it's so good. So good. Especially for our women entrepreneurs here, because so many of us have been taught. It doesn't matter how you feel like just do it. Like you just need to do the stuff that you don't like to become successful. And it's like, we haven't been given permission to do a U-turn when we're like, wait, this isn't why I started my business. This isn't what I want. This isn't the way I want to work. So what's the first step in knowing that you need to make a U-turn? I think, you know, anyone who even can get to the opportunity of realizing they need to make one, they have to start with getting really honest with themselves about where they actually are. And it's interesting. I almost did a journaling challenge online because I love journaling lately. And one of the journaling prompts, I always write a prompt at the top of my journaling page and recent, and I just trust whatever comes out of my hand. And the other day, the prompt was, how are you doing right now? Actually. How are you actually doing right now? Mm -hmm. And I started writing like my relationship, my career, my money, my family relationships, friendship. How am I doing? And so I think making a U-turn starts with getting radically honest with yourself about where you are and what's not working for you and what you're actually pushing down. And I know that this can be very intimidating because you can't really have change without loss. You just Ooh, can't. Say more. 
yeah, I think when you want to change your life for the better, you, you know, even if there's a lot of things that aren't working for you, it's like the devil, you know, sometimes is better than the devil. You don't is how it feels. And it can be very threatening and intimidating to face something that might require you to unravel your life. Like for example, I have a friend who is in a really unhappy marriage. And as a result, she's very limited in what she can offer to her day-to-day connections because she doesn't want to admit she's unhappy. And so as a result, we can't really talk about how she's doing in her relationship, which is a huge part of somebody's life because she's organized her life around denying where it is. And I just love her and support her and I'm there for her. And eventually she'll figure it out but she might not ever face it. And I think a lot of people don't want to brave the path of making a U-turn because it can require a lot of rewiring, but your life will always be better for it if you're willing to walk the path. Yes, the life-death life cycle. The new life is always better than the old. So I get that the, around loss. I think that um, so many women, I'll, I know I'll see, even say it for myself, like I'll, I'll not wake up to the... I'll do a U-turn like when it gets bad when it gets intolerable, but it's almost like I, I don't have enough of a threshold to catch it quickly. I think yeah. the programming is like, I have to deal with all this stuff and only once it gets really bad, yeah. will I let that person go, you know, start and launch a new program or like, you know, do something different. So what do you have to say to women about, because <laughs> you have, you have a lot of issues, but this is not one of yours. <laughs> yeah, like you're so clear. You're like, I'm in, I'm out. That's a hard no. Yeah. Like, you're so in tune with like your what we talk about in my book. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. So talk to us about like how do we get more aligned? Yeah, more aligned more quickly. Yeah, this is a really good question because I do think what you're pointing to has a lot of wisdom in it. Like the fact that there is a wisdom to slowing down in order to speed up. Like sometimes my quick motion can result in making the wrong choice and having to backpedal and spend time fixing it or cleaning it up or redoing something. And so I think there's a lot of wisdom in somebody who's thoughtful about making change. But obviously, there's a lot of perfectionism out there. And I know, you know, even in the TED Talk that you helped me write and you helped me edit it's like perfectionism really is a mask for fear of failure. And I think there's a lot that goes into it. A, there could be perfectionism. B, it could just be, you don't want to be inconvenienced. And I don't even want to call that laziness because um, I think there's a lot of really high achieving women who just want to keep the ROI going in their business or in their career. And they don't want to have to rework something that doesn't demand being reworked. The thing I think that we have to start noticing is when something feels lukewarm, at least getting hip to seeing that as an alarm clock inside of you of like, this feels really lukewarm at best. Yes. I want everyone to pay attention to what she just said. Say that again, Ashley. That that was brilliant. Yeah. I think having a lukewarm feeling should set off like an inner alarm clock inside of you to at least ask the question, of and you could kind of fall take a page out of my book literally and journal it and say why does this feel lukewarm and start writing down what is it about it that makes you feel lukewarm and the more you can get clear on that you can actually zoom out and look at the situation so if it's a a bad hire somebody who isn't working for you it's like once you start writing that stuff down and you give yourself a little distance from the d- uncomfortable feelings and you bring it into your awareness you get to say to yourself, is this just a conversation I actually need to have and rework something? 
or is this a non-starter? I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons I share in U-Turn that I kind of live my life by is that who you are always wins. You know, who you are always wins. Yeah, like the last chapter of U-Turn, I talk about how I'm in a breathwork ceremony and I don't really do breathwork. I don't know why. I just find it really tiring to like breathe like that. But everybody I know says it's really useful and I have had very useful experiences with it. So I was in a breathwork ceremony and a bunch of my girlfriends and I were brainstorming our vision before. And I remember crying during the breathwork, trying to figure out like, why am I so, why am I releasing so much? What am I feeling? And I realized upon talking to everybody after the breathwork that what was coming up for me was the awareness that they all have business models that I could follow in their footsteps. And there's something very easy about going the direction they went because it's a clear path. And there was a pain that I was grieving in the breath work of accepting that I'm not meant for that path. I'm not meant to do it their way. And I hated that because sometimes in life, it's so it feels so much easier to do it the way that it has already been charted. So if you have an online business, it's like you have you know your, your lead generator, and then you've got your low ticket course, and then you've got your middle ticket, and then you've got your high ticket. And that is for a lot of people, but it's not for everyone. And what people don't realize is when you choose pathways that other people are doing because you have the assets or the personality or whatever, but your heart doesn't want to do it, who you are always wins. Eventually, you're going to have to rip the bandaid off and face who you are. So the truth of the matter is either you cry this week and feel who you are and accept it and start reworking your life. Or you cry next week and make a U-turn then or next year. Uh, but the truth is, the ma- you know, I think that we're always in a few different energies. We're either in creation, you know, or we're creating things. I feel that energy coming up in my life right now. And I, I love that energy. I think a lot of entrepreneurs like it. And that's why we have shiny object syndrome. Or you're in maintenance, you know, you're keeping something going. But the thing about maintenance is you're usually right around the corner from destruction. And then you go back into creation again. And so I have found that when you go into creation, who you are always wins. And if you're not creating from what you really actually want to create, if you're just following a path that other people have charted because it looks easy and you have the right resources to do it, who you are is eventually going to shine through and demand you to be whoever that is that is inside of you. And I think that's what inspired me to write this book is that people don't know what their skills are. People don't know what their what motivates them or what their core values are. And I think all of these different steps in my roadmap are really key for people to get back into themselves and make those decisions. Mm-mm-mm. Love it. Love it. And I think that also for anyone listening who's new in starting business, this is really key because there isn't one roadmap. Like I used to think that there was like, I had to like figure out how to be these other people and do what these other people did. And that's actually the part that was so hard for me. Business wasn't that hard. It was like thinking that I had to be someone I wasn't and do things that I didn't like doing that weren't really part of my zone of genius to become successful. And yeah, it it was painful and unnecessary so I love who you are always wins. The soul will, the soul will call out. So let's talk about, you know, basically what I'm hearing from you, Ashley, is like women need to give themselves permission to do what feels good. 
and like, you know, just like to them, to them individually. And so there's this thing about like not having to be the perfectionist, take, take the messy action, try, try stuff out. And then I see women really having issues with like lack of boundaries, either being able to set their boundaries or confront because they want to be nice and they don't want to hurt other people's feelings. So specifically in the workplace, what tips do you have for women showing up and, and setting their own boundaries? Yeah, I think um, I interviewed on my podcast a long time ago, Carter Cast, who was the former CEO of walmart.com. And I loved what he said about this. His big thing is, can you turn a no into a five minute favor? And so I think the first boundary is if somebody is asking something of you and you just totally can't do it, can you turn it into a five minute favor saying, oh, I, I don't have uh, time on my schedule for it. But what I can do is this. And sometimes it's an introduction. Sometimes it is pointing them to a resource. There's so many different things you can do to support somebody with that no. Um, so that's one thing that I've kind of taken to heart. Another thing that I would say with boundaries is if you are in the workplace and you have a boss, for example, and you keep getting too much work, I think that's one of the most common boundaries that don't get set up <laughs> is just saying yes and having PP, what I like to call PPS, which is people pleasing syndrome. And, you know, if you have a little PPS and that's happening, I would recommend taking a look at your tasks writing down what you have on deck. This is what you're working on now. And then writing down all of the things that are for later. And then coming to your boss and saying, Hey, do you mind helping me prioritize? I am uncomfortable asking because I don't want to come off as if I'm not a hard worker. But my hope is that uh, if we reprioritize, I'll be able to get you everything you want and work more effectively. Uh, I like sharing vulnerably that whatever's coming up for you, um, not too vulnerable. It is the workplace. And then also sharing the hope of why you want to have some conversation. It gets people's buy-in. It gets people wanting to support you. And then you can say, here's what I've got on deck. This is what, what, what deadlines I've given myself for these things. Here's some requests that I've gotten. I'm curious if you want me to swap out anything I have on deck or how you want me to work. Practicing deference can go so far in the workplace. It can go so far in your company if you're an entrepreneur. It's the number one thing I learned working at the Pentagon especially being a really young manager was that I would uh, I was involved in helping people go to Afghanistan and it was part of the effort in 2011 for NATO to withdraw from the country and being super young and having all of these senior civilians on my I don't, don't want to say on my team but people that I would get from the Pentagon and I would be responsible for training them and deploying them. The only way I could get their respect as somebody with young face, I couldn't fake wrinkles, you know, like I was young, was practicing deference. And it doesn't mean you need to make yourself small. It just needs to come across authentically like you care what other people think about something. And so I recommend that if you're running your own business or you're in the workforce, is start to practice deference. It creates collaboration, asking people, what do they think? Or can you help me with this? Um, and facing a problem as a unit versus as an individual. I love it. I love it. And then, so like probably the number one sort of team vibe thing I've heard from women entrepreneurs across the years is, let's say they're not happy with a certain team member, let's say a virtual assistant, they've hired a virtual assistant, they'll call me as their coach. And they'll be like, well, she went MIA, or she's not getting me this back in time, or the sloppy efforts, or whatever. and, and they're not letting this person go. They're like, 
and they're not even necessarily saying it or they're starting to do some of the work themselves. So what advice do you have for all these women who are hiring and paying people who aren't fulfilling the work that is needed? Yeah, I would say, I mean, this comes back to the most important business advice I've gotten that I don't always abide by because I'm a quick thinker, but it's to, if you want to speed up, you have to slow down. And I don't like that advice because slowing down can feel like such a buzzkill when you want to build something and you're excited. But having the wrong... I used to tell myself, I am... Like I was saying earlier, I'm so quick. I had a lot of identity around that. My dad used to prize me for being really quick just from a programming standpoint. He used to be like, she's so quick. She's so sharp. And so I think a lot of my identity rode on staying that way. And I like being that way. It's who I am. It's the energy I'm in. And I would say that everybody has kind of a pace to them. Mm -hmm. I have a fast pace to me. So if I had a VA that was performing like that, First, I would get curious and ask them, Hey, you know, I'm noticing this. Is this something out of your wheelhouse? What's going on for you? Obviously, it's really hard to get curious when they have like 15 typos in your thing and you really care about your thing and it's really mortifying to your email subscribers or whatever it is. But I would say just getting curious about that is a real starting point. See what they say. Sometimes we talk a lot and almost vent to the people who aren't performing give them space to talk, see what they do with it. I have found that somebody who's dependable, somebody who apologizes when they make a mistake, somebody who wants to learn and get better, there's a lot of hope for them. You know, I had somebody on my team for a long time who made some really common mistakes, but in other areas, she was so reliable. And I ended up keeping her on the things that she was reliable on and delegating out a piece of her job that I just couldn't count on her for. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on how reliable you find your team to be. I think that comes first. And also how defensive are they when you give feedback? Somebody who can hold feedback and not get bitter, not get defensive, that is a golden hire. Um, And it's, it's somebody that I would say is worth putting your time into training a little bit more and maybe taking some things off their plate they can't swing. Oh, I love that you brought this up. You and I are so similar in so many ways. Like It used to drive me nuts to have to spend time on training. Now it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no, I get me, it. But I was like, why am I paying to, you know, like, and I will say this to anyone listening, because I'm, I feel so proud of the transformation that I've created with team in, in, in general is I realized I would get annoyed training the people that I had on my team at the time because they weren't a players. Mm. And I was like in this space of like, oh, like it's, it's too hard to start all over and to go through hiring and, and I'm in a launch and I need this part, you know, so it was, it was all set up for defeat. And I'm just going to tell you, anyone listening, there's just never a good time. Um, you've got to set your standard. If you do not require a player level support in your company, as Ashley was talking about before, it's going to be get so expensive and it, that's will slow you down. So I found that once I got the A players, then like we're generous people. Like it was like, I love sitting down and actually sharing like, because I knew it would go somewhere. I knew it would benefit the person and the company. So that's what changed my thinking about training the A players. You gave me once like one of the most brilliant that I of course use to this day, questions for hiring. Mm. And do you, I don't know if you remember what it is. No, I love I love you as a friend because you always are like you told me the most brilliant thing, and I'm like, 
what did I tell you? And then I kind of relive my own advice through you because I don't even remember saying it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, it was that night at Felix over a couple of plates of pasta. And so anyways, I was like, you know, one of the things that happens for those of us that have inspiring lifestyle brands is we get people who then don't necessarily want to be part of the team. They want they want to be their own name and face of the brand. Oh, so yeah. Attracted this throughout the time. And so now do you remember what advice you gave me? Yeah, I remember talking about how you were attracting some people who wanted to have their own business and you were after kind of making them into A players, you would lose them or you couldn't count on them or they had their own agenda. And I remember telling you one of the most important things I put in my application is what is your five-year plan or what is your vision for your career? And if there is a whiff of entrepreneurship in it, I'm like, you are not for me because I don't want to train my face off with you. And then off you go into the wind. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it was like, I was so naive because I thought I was being such like the Capricorn direct. I'm like, if you have your dream of starting your own business, please don't apply. And then Ashley's like, no, no, no. (laughs) And so the very next ad that I put out there, I was like, so what's your five-year dream? And it's like, I want to be on stage and have my own business and write the book. And I was like, yeah. Next, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing for people to want that, but you just don't want your business time to be creating that they can go be your client if that's what they want. Not your, not your whatever. Exactly. You got any other pro hiring tips for people looking to attract their A players? Yeah. So one of my friends, she's the first female executive on the strip in Vegas. She was the CEO of Mandalay Bay and um, I think like Excalibur and she retired since And I remember when I was dating and I came across this guy and we were talking and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's so lovely. And I just found out he has a girlfriend and I'm so respectful of that. So I was like, Oh, onwards and upwards got to release him. I didn't know. And she said, my friend, you just need to wait one day and he'll be single. And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. What if you find somebody? She's like, you're a career coach. It's just like the job hunt. You know, everybody is available for hire for the right opportunity, even if they're not looking. And everybody makes themselves available for the right thing. And from there on out, I told myself, I'm going to hire people through LinkedIn and I'm not posting jobs anymore. I'm going to do an advanced search on LinkedIn, put in keywords and find my talent based on people who are not looking because... Ultimately, with usually the average is around 71% of the workforce is looking for a job. If 71% of the workforce is looking for a job right now, what that tells me is not that they simply outgrew their job. It means that they're usually looking for clarity or something about what they were doing didn't make sense for them. It's not to say that if somebody's job hunting, they're a lost soul in some way. We all go through self-discovery. And that's why I wrote the U-turn book. But what I will say is that there's something a lot more powerful about hiring somebody that doesn't need the job. Number one, if you can reach out to them cold, let them know you're hiring, let them know you like their experience. And and you can look for certain things on their LinkedIn profile. Have they moved up quickly in their company? Are they open to taking on a side hustle? Do you even need somebody full-time? These are the questions you can ask. And if you even ask them for a phone call, chances are they'll know who's really talented doing the same thing that they're doing. Because like Gina said at the beginning of this conversation, you know, you said birds of a feather flock together and they super do. So mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So after 2020 and everything that everyone went through, what do you see the biggest U-turn opportunity being for 2021? 
I would say, I mean, a lot of people do go into scarcity in their career and they think I need to create a business or have a job in a space that's growing like healthcare technology, like Fitbits and whoop bands and aura rings. Like that's very in and it's going to keep being in or cleaning companies are doing really well in 2021 and 2020. I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make is just going where there's demand without caring about who you are and kind of going back to the who you are always wins. Mm-hmm. You need to keep yourself intact while you're pursuing opportunities. And if you mold yourself or flex yourself or try to rearrange yourself around what the world is looking like, I think there's just an inherent loss to what you will create in the world. So in 2021, my advice would be to stay reflective. If something feels like it's missing or not connecting, get honest with yourself. If you need to make that U-turn, you know, like shameless plug, my book with my 11 steps is here for you. And if you're not a reader and you don't want a book, clarity comes from engagement. It's never going to come just from thought alone. Whenever I wake up in the morning and I think to myself, my business feels boring, whatever that means. Then I think, okay, I need to have more conversations because conversations are what make my life move. Whether it's a conversation with somebody new, with a friend. And so I think for anybody in 2021, get honest with yourself about what's not working. Don't rearrange your life to follow a path that you know deep down isn't yours and start having conversations with people so that you can get clarity. It could be people who are doing work you think you might want to be doing. It could be friends that make you feel more yourself. And there's so much value to that. You know, I I have a running list of people, places, things that make me feel myself. You're on my list, Gina. But and I, I go see you. I'll see a few of the girls. I'll go to the beach. You know, France, Paris always, if I'm traveling, makes me feel myself again. I think the sweater I'm wearing is from there today. And don't underestimate the power of those things um, and knowing what they are. People don't always know what makes them feel them. And when you get back into the vibration of you, the creativity that seems to come through is so much more aligned. So use 2021 to stay reflective and honest with yourself about what you want and take that space to recreate or rework your career if you want, because the world is changing and you don't need to let yourself be left behind. Yes, 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 yes. You are the creator of your own U-turn. And I know we all, all have areas in our life where it's time to give ourselves permission to do exactly that, not beat ourselves up, not stay stuck, not stay in anything longer than we need to, but do that U-turn and see what else the universe has planned. Ashley, it is always such a joy to be with you, my love. So tell everyone, where can they find you? Yeah, you can. I think the best place as of right now is just at uturnbook.com. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N book.com. If you pre-order your book, which this is just lasting for another week, you get a bundle of free courses. One of them is from you, Gina. And these are courses that friends I have are charging for right now. So it's an amazing opportunity everything from money mindset to life purpose to side hustle, uh, over $2,000 worth of free courses that are being charged for on the internet today. So it's pretty bananas. Uh, all you got to do at uturnbook.com is upload your receipt. Once you pre-order, you'll get your book next week. And in the meantime, you'll get access to all the courses. Woot, woot, woot. And definitely go follow Ashley on Instagram. Where can they find you? I'm at Ashley Stahl. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L. Yes, yes, yes. So go follow her, DM her, take a screenshot of this episode and let us both know when you tag us 
what you got most out of today. Ashley, it's so good to be with you as a friend, as a colleague, soaking up all the goodness. And when we, all of us at Divine Living, are celebrating your book launch and this beautiful, you know, I know we talked a lot about career here, ladies. Um, the other really amazing thing about Ashley's book is she really she gave all. It is like such her heart on the page. It's like part memoir, part career book, part you're going to laugh, part you're going to cry. Like it's the stories are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing a couple of them and I'm not going to do a spoiler alert, but you are going to be well entertained, well educated, well inspired. And I know I'm walking away with who you are always wins. So thank you, Ashley. Such such a joy. Love you too. All right, my loves, I hope this episode was a blessing in your life and you are feeling uplifted and grounded and loved. And speaking of love, I hope that you have a career that you love. And if you have been thinking about starting a business or you've got a business that you're not exactly loving because it's not taking off as fast as you'd like or as abundantly as you'd like or it's just feeling hard, I want you to come join me in the Gateway to Your Dream Business program. It's 10 weeks to get you clear, grounded, confident, loved up, and on your way to getting this dream business off the ground. It's literally the gateway. I know as an entrepreneur what it's like to not be clear, to get overwhelmed by all this business stuff, and am I supposed to do this or that, and am I clear on who I'm serving, and all the things. And I, over the past 20 years, have learned how to streamline and create timeless methods. It's kind of like everything you need and nothing that you don't, which is really important as an entrepreneur. Um, And I'm going to be teaching this class live over the next 10 weeks. So come check it out at divineliving.com forward slash gateway. I want you to be thriving professionally, financially, impact wise, all the things. So go to divineliving.com forward slash gateway and you'll get all the details there. All right, Queen, did you love this episode and know someone who would love it too? I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast over Instagram. Tag me at Gina DeVee. And thank you for Queen supporting Queens and for your continued support. 